because you know why? He's a Frankenstein's monster. Ugh, he's grotesque. Oh. <laughs> he's so grotesque. <laughs> this is part of the lore now, is that we have Frankenstein monsters fighting in the U.S. Army. Why well, is this always a challenge? It's always hunting season. It's always hunting season. Why he was so definite about quitting school? Well, no. With little orphan Annie in such a mess, I guess I just didn't get around to it. Well, it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, you know. Oh, Herman, you make me so angry. Now, I want you to go upstairs right now and have a father and son talk with Eddie. All right, dear. All right. But wouldn't it be better if Eddie came down here so I could sort of lean on the mantle while we talk man to man? Why in the world would you want to do that? Well, I don't know. I just always thought Robert Young had great success leaning on the mantle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of Monster Hunters, the only show that dares to stand up, lean against a mantle and shun shun millions billions trillions quadrillions septillions of hours of new original programming on every streaming service available known to man to simply sit down by a cozy fire and watch a 60-ish year old tv show about a frankenstein's monster and his grotesque family my name is derek and i'm a monster hunter and joining me at the frankenstein headed table as he does always, is Keith. Damn, fire got on my leg again. Damn. What? <laughs> I got too close to the fire. We I, 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 oh. I get what you do because it happens every week. But. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This is why I normally don't. This is the only time I wear long pants with you guys. And I got to stop because <laughs> it's burning. It keeps getting burnt up. Anyway, I'm Keith, and I am a uh, streaming shunner, monster hunter. Oh, boy. You've been holding that for a week, haven't you? Ever since the DVDs arrived. Oh, oh my gosh. So exciting. The streaming I, shunner monster, m- monster, monster, monsterish, monster hunter. Yeah, Derek, I think you need to get the DVDs, buddy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can pay me to get DVDs because I have nothing to play them on. <laughs> uh, and then on the other side of that, Frankenstein's monsters headed table is the Dr. Dre of Kansas, Terry. Hello. Yep. Yep. I'm also wearing long pants. They did not catch on fire this time, luckily, but. <laughs> We'll wait for next week, I guess. <laughs> and I forgot to mention that I'm wearing no pants. So, oh, <laughs> that's why. That's why he's always sitting. He never gets up when yeah, we. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want me to get up from this Frankenstein's headed table. Uh, how are you, gents, doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm just chilling. You know, just living life, monster hunting as can be. <laughs> I you could say like living life like Herman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, living life like more like Eddie in this episode. Oh honestly. gosh, yeah. <laughs> this is an Eddie episode. This is like Eddie full tilt Eddie. Like they yeah. must have uh, they must have been banking camera hours or work hours for him from the previous mm-hmm. eighteen episodes. So like okay, we we do a full Eddie or maybe it's like uh, summer for school or like Christmas break or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're onto something. That must be it. Yeah. Yeah. They re- they recorded in late December. Yep. I'm happy. I'm glad he's finally getting his chance in the sun because he's yeah. been kind of a highlight for the series. I feel like. Yeah. 
Yeah, when he does get to show up, it's usually good quality stuff. So having something be a good focus for him is that's pretty solid. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, this was um, an episode with Eddie <laughs> in it. And uh, but before we talk about this episode that had Eddie in it, along with other monsters, we need to light a candle, walk down that brick hallway, watch out for cobwebs and rats and licorice or whatever else might be around. I, I don't know why there's licorice, but there is. <laughs> why do you think Just, we got the rats? Yes, people leave uh, licorice leave, back here. I leave Twizzlers about. Um, <laughs> open up that wrought iron gate. Uh, walk over to the bookshelf, discard Nina Jones, <clears throat> uh, several novelizations of movies, past and present. Uh, and future. And future. Uh, well, I'm currently reading Mission Impossible. Is it nine? Eight? Which Mission Impossible is coming out? Oh, boy. Is next it year? seven? Whatever. Or no, it it's eight. I think it might be eight. I got I the remember. novelization of that, and I'm <laughs> skimming through it. Did you know Ethan Hunt? Is his name, I believe, and mm-hmm. he rips off a mask at one point in this movie. You'll, oh my god! You'll be Wait. very surprised when it happens. You're saying Trust Ethan me. hunts in disguise in this movie at some yes. point, and we could never tell until he and, rips it off. Yes, that's number and, three, I think. Oh, is it? I I, I stopped. Philip Seymour, after, Philip Seymour Hoffman. In it? I stopped after two. Two was the one with the the doves and the oh, John motorcycles. Woo. The John. Woo oh one. yeah, Boy, that the so best good. one. No. <laughs> yeah, like Tokyo Drift. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're here. I find the tome. I pull it down. I blow the dust up. I open it up. I get down on one knee and present it to Keith <laughs> as an altar boy would present the book to a, the priest, the monster priest for this week's Monster Hunter's Almanac Factoid Fact Tidbit Sheet Shit <laughs> Shot mm-hmm. Psalm of the Week. All right, so we are all right, so we are looking at uh Wolfgang uh seven seven seven. Wolfgang seven seven seven. The book of Wolfgang. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Seven Wolfgang. Chapter seven chapter seventy seven. Seventy seventh chapter seventh. Uh seventh verse, seventh line, I guess. Seventh chapter, seventh verse, seventh word. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's how I found it. I just picked a random number. Mm. And uh, very random seven seven seven. Yeah, yeah, this is uh this is perfect because we were talking about um there's a lot of Eddie going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. And so I you know the last couple of weeks I've talked about things that these folks have done outside of the monsters, and this is kind of well, it's so, something that uh Butch Patrick did outside of the monsters, but it's still kind of back to the monsters. And that was in nineteen eighty-three. Uh he released a single on uh Rockshire Records. Uh, just a seven-inch vinyl um, called "Whatever Happened to Eddie." Oh, okay. Yeah, it was distributed by MCA uh, Records and the Duchess Music Corporation, I guess. Hmm. And uh, it's got Butch Patrick on bass and vocals. Nice. Um, it was recorded at Lumel Whiteman Studio. I think you say Lumel Naughties. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it kind of was. Maybe I don't know. Um, Brent Black on guitar, Steve Patrick on keyboards, Reek Havoc, R-E-E-K, on uh, electric percussion. Mm-hmm. Is a, and it produced Steve? by Phil, Phil Cohn. Steve oh, Patrick? Is that Butch Patrick's like relative or something? Uh, Maybe. Didn't, didn't actually say. Oh, okay. Um, 
So, uh, so the uh, thing here is that I, that I found over on YouTube is from uh, Phil Cohn, K-O-H-N, uh, who actually is the guy who produced it. Um, he actually uploaded a uh, a video of of the song, whatever happened to Eddie, uh, and he, he provided. So they did it at Pinecone Productions at his studio. Uh, he met Butch in 1982. He obtained a license to use the Munsters theme from Universal Studios. Nice. Butch wrote the lyrics. They cut a 45 at his recording studio in Long Beach, California. And then he uh, helped co-write, produce, and direct the video. And I guess it helped start MTV making uh, basement tapes, giving exposure to unsigned bands. And they mm. quickly got signed with uh, Rockshire Records. I'll play this beginning part, and then you guys can also see the uh, some of the visuals. This is my vision when we go up to the, uh, the gospel. There was a, uh, there's also a B-side. Oh. I won't play this whole thing. <laughs> this Christ. is Little Monsters. What? Oh, God. What is this? I've got an itching, burning feeling. A strange sensation, what could it be? Another microphone, something I'm gonna stop that one there, Please. but uh, yes. the bottom the bottom uh, note on YouTube for that one, Phil's poem says, "Crank the bass; it carries the song." <laughs> okay, because right. uh, obviously uh, isn't isn't Eddie, but that's Little Monsters, which was like a B side to whatever happened to Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> so we never figure out what happened to Eddie in this song. I feel like no, not well. He he went off and split from school and kept his cool. Yeah, we do know that, but That's after true. that, other than that, I don't know who knows. Uh, but that video really, really kind of makes it, uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that and that, uh, I think it's perfect because we're doing this very uh, Eddie centric mm-hmm. episode as well today. And also, uh, I just really kind of thought that song, especially then the follow up song, would kind of blow your guys' minds today. And and I think that's where I'm going to end this one at, but let me uh. There you go, Derek. If you want to put that away, I don't know. I've Thank lost you, sir. All motor functions, <laughs> failing ability to speak. Well, it's a good thing you're not the captain right here oh. for the next segment. I yeah. still got to climb the 52 stone steps up to the, uh-huh. the back door. Right, Terry, grab his legs. I'll grab his shoulders. I will walk on my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, all right. Don't, Let him go. Don't touch me. I'm not wearing <laughs> pants. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Up yeah. To 52, <laughs> Let's let up him to go. 52 stone steps. I believe it was 52, 28, 30. I lost count. Mm, it changes times. every time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Herman's reality of warping powers. Mm-hmm. Today, there's 114 steps up to, oh, the, God. up to the back door, out to the back patio, down the walk, uh, through the gate, out to the dock right behind because <laughs> the, the monster hunters headquarters is is a coastal property very oh, yeah. expensive we could sell it and be millionaires but <laughs> instead we know nope. this podcast that's right yeah much more profitable oh, man. yes um <laughs> and then we hop in the boat where captain terry takes us out three miles out into international waters yep uh Pulls out a gun, forces us to put on our scuba gear so we can drop down to the depths of hell for scuba. He just pointed at you because you're still not wearing pants. I so. know. <laughs> pants are required to go scuba diving. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. The, the rules are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this episode was directed by Joseph Pevney. We've talked about this guy once before. He did Herman's Arrival, uh, if you guys okay. remember that one. Yep, yep. Um, the Uncle Lester episode. Exactly. Classic. Yep, that was a classic. He's got nine episodes to go still of the Munsters, so we'll be talking about him later. After this one or including this one? After this. Okay. Ooh. So, um, is that good or bad? We'll find out. We'll but find out, yeah. uh, he's directed a lot of movies in the 1950s before he kind of transitioned to TV. Uh, he directed a movie called Iron Man from 1951. Hmm. Uh, no robots, no iron suits or anything. Um, it's just about a coal miner turned boxer. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's convinced by his gambling brother to do so. Lame. I'm sure it all works out in the end. There's no trailers for it, but the full movie's on YouTube. If anybody's oh. ever curious about this, the original <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> the, yep. Everything else pales in comparison. That's right. Especially Iron Man 3. Or no. <laughs> sure, that's a classic. Take your poison. Yep, yep. Um, but this episode was written by Richard Bierre. He has got writing credits from 1953 to 1995 on IMDb. He's a new face to the Munsters. We have not talked about him at all yet. Um, this mm. is the first episode that he wrote, but mm-hmm. he's got a few more down the line. So <laughs> let's get used to him hanging around for a bit. Mm. It looks like his longest credits, like his most uh, re- longest running credits, I guess, were on Bewitched, where he wrote 23 episodes. Um, he was a playwright before becoming a TV guy, uh, and he wrote this play called Mixed Emotions that was a, apparently a pretty big hit. It was written in 1993, eventually made its way to Broadway, and it is particularly particularly popular in Russia. Um, hmm. The show has been running in St. Petersburg since 2009, apparently, so pretty big hit. Uh, then we've got a couple guest stars. I think you'll recognize one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Paul Lind is back as yes, Dr. He Dudley. Is. And we've got Alice Backus as Nurse Fairchild. So yeah, Paul Lind, he's back. Um, Those he's are the guest. only two other people other than the main family, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Holy I was kind of surprised. Yeah. There's like not even any like t- like side small parts of like oh. random people walking around. Well, when you have Paul Lind, I mean, what more do you need? <laughs> That's yeah. true. Dr. Dudley is back. I need nobody else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Um, He's like like the only guest star I think we've had that actually like has reprised his same role each time. Maybe except mm-hmm. for like that um, the guy at the very like first two episodes. He's like the school like board director or something. Oh yeah, like that. yeah. But I think Paul Lynn's gotten a beat about about how many times he's come back. Uh, this is actually his last appearance on the Munsters, so it's kind of sad. 
So he was a superintendent, but then he got a different position, right? So, I mean, he's still the same. Keith, what happened to you? You sound like you're inside of a box now. Well, I'm on a rowboat um, trying to catch up with him. <laughs> Keith's on a rowboat. We left yeah. him on shore at uh, school. Actually, I, it's a rowboat, but I, I, it also has, I just climbed a diving bell and hoping to catch up with you guys. Mm. You rowed three miles out into international <laughs> waters? That is a hell of a rope. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Very, very you are now arms. officially part of the Munster Hunters. Yeah, that, oh, was, your, that was the hazing. <laughs> well, and but like I mean, the crazy part was I was dragging a diving bell as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then I jump inside, and I'm sure uh, you guys will hear me hit the top of the skooma eventually. Once eventually, I, it's like, Ding. oh, hi, Norm. Hey, Norm. Hi. <laughs> you seeing Norm? Oh, yeah, the bloated corpse of Norman Abbott. Wow, <laughs> goddamn! I just saw the tail of a Meg go by. All right, yeah. hurry up, keep going, keep going, keep All going. All right, so, um, anyways, yeah, so this is. Paul Lim's final moment in the Munsters, so <laughs> well, we'll give him a solemn, <laughs> we'll give him a solemn salute respect as we go past. I gotta say, I'm very, I, if this is Paul Lim's final thing in the Munsters, I'm very upset. I mean, we're we're still in like a little more than halfway through season one. He's gonna be done. And I'm kind of surprised he doesn't come back more, you know, like at least on season two or something. But no. this is technically the halfway point of season one. I thought season one was 32 episodes. No, it's 38. Oh. I, I think it was 32 till we started. <laughs> like, they unearthed some lost episodes. And the lost tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, just that weird Herman Munster thing where, like, suddenly it's 40. Yeah. How do we... Life binds away. That's right. Well, I just want to, you know. It think... ends, up being like, it ends up being like Interstellar. <laughs> While we're hiding behind bookcases as Paul Lind is like <laughs> rehearsing yeah. his yeah. lines. Murph! Mm-hmm. Murph! <laughs> it's love, Paul. It's always been love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if I was behind the bookcase, I would say, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, one creepy we're spying on Paul Lind in his bedroom. <laughs> That's at the center of a black hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very weird. And uh, oh. who knows what we're going to see. Uh, let's, uh, let's, so we better distract him before he starts doing something strange. Well, what better way to distract uh, him and our listeners by honoring him by talking about one of his last With credits. a 21 gun salute. <laughs> yes. As we fire it directly into his bedroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I saw a movie. It's like the second to last credit that he did. It was called Rabbit Test. Have you guys Rabbit ever heard test. of Rabbit Test? That okay. sounds familiar for some reason. Uh, it's a Joan Rivers directed movie. Her only does not movie. sound familiar anymore. <laughs> Keith, Keith's got the whole Joan Rivers collection sitting there next to him. <laughs> yeah, let me look through it. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I watched the trailer for this thing, and it. <laughs> Looks it's really weird. Of course, the trailer opens up with Joan Rivers herself twirling reels of film and talking about the movie. Like, all these weird... I don't know what the trailer does with these movies. Like, let's bring the director on to talk directly to the audience about it. Uh, maybe I guess that was just a fun thing to do. What year I don't was know. this movie? Oh, it was 78, I think. Yeah, trailers back then were so strange. Like, mm-hmm. modern trailers, you know, they're like flashy, fast cuts. Mm-hmm. Tease the movie, blah, blah, blah. Back then, it was like... 
what do you know about Johnny Cool? <laughs> yes, right? you know? Ah, yes. Seems like they're just trying new things every time. Yeah, it's like, my name is Alfred Hitchcock, and I know this movie's going to scare you really bad, yeah. so have fun. Um, but, so, yeah, she's talking. <laughs> she's twirling reels of film. She says she likes editing because she control her film and develop her bust at the same time. So I was like, okay. Uh, the trailer seems like it's kind of a rom-com. There's like a socially awkward guy. We see him talking to like a blow-up doll or something, trying to be all like intimate, but the blow-up doll pops and floats away. Um, his friends are all weird. Uh, people are questioning his love life. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems like, you know, typical quirky 70s love rom-com thing, whatever. And then Joan Rivers' voice cuts through the trailer. She's like, oh, by the way, Rabbit Test is a movie about the world's first pregnant man. I was like, huh? There you oh, go. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, there's some weird images in the trailer. Does not look like it would really hold up today in terms of um, some of the, maybe some racist stuff. But, um, yeah, Joan Rivers <laughs> cuts the trailer short. Uh, <laughs> let's move past that. She cuts the trailer short, and she's complaining that someone is sitting in the front row in a rain- with a raincoat on his lap, um, which can only be implying one thing. Um, she calls... That is Paul Lynn. <laughs> that Paul Lynn is there. Um, she calls the usher, finds out that the raincoat guy is the usher, decides he's cute, and invites him backstage or something. So, yeah, it looked pretty bad. That movie looked really bad. Um, but Paul Lynn is in the trailer, and he plays a doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, the role he was born to play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I'd recognize that voice as soon as he popped up. I, I'll admit, I got a little excited. <laughs> <laughs> So then we've got uh, Alice Backus. Uh, she has 101 acting credits on IMDb from 1948 to 1997. She went to the school of uh, University of Utah, and she was apparently a very good violinist. She was actually the, the concert, concert mistress, or I think it's supposed to be concert mm-hmm. master now. I think that's like the, the proper term. They used to have like it's different for women and men, but they've now turned it into one thing. <laughs> um, concert mistress does sound very weird, I think. Concert master, much more cool. Uh, but yeah, that just means she was like uh, the first chair violinist, um, and so she like worked with the director closely, and you know did like the whole tuning thing at the beginning before the the concert would start. Um, I was scrolling through her IMDb to look for anything that caught my eye, but didn't have to really look too far. Is, is she the um, is she a repeat as well? Is she the same nurse that he has working with her previously? Nope, this is a whole new one and done Munster's appearance. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. That, that other nurse was smart. She got out of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you. Remember last time there was like a weird moment where it felt like something happened off camera. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they, they just burned through the nurse rules pretty quick. You yeah, know? probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was looking for something weird, um, and luckily it was right on like the she is known for this is right at the top uh, in a movie called The Twonky. The Twonky. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it came out in 1953. Um, it's about a college professor who discovers his TV is possessed by something from the far future, and it starts to regulate his life. I guess uh, the chart has to be the, one of the most boring things I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's on YouTube. I don't even know if it's an actual trailer. If it's like a a few clips of like randomly put together by some fan or something. I don't know. It's some uh, fan like it exists. Some fan, some fan of the Twonky. Uh, but most of the trailers, this like doofus TV delivery guy slowly complaining about how old the old TV isn't even broken, and then he's slowly trying to move the TV into place. He's complaining the whole time. 
Uh, the twist comes when he tries to move the old TV away, and the antennas like wrap around his neck, very monster style, and start like wiggling his, around his throat. It looks like he's it's like choking him out. Um, nice, but yeah, the the trailer's really boring. But eventually, like we see a cut of like a TV walking up to a phone and making a phone call. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's always awesome. I yeah. love I love inner technology relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it sounds like the new TV was going to have uh, streaming and they wanted to shun it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the new TV was doing everything it could. It was mm-hmm. to kill its master. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. sounds like a great double feature with uh, Killer Sofa. Mm, yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, those two go good together. The phone was the, the TV was trying to call the entertainment bureau because his like client is lonely and he wants to hook him with some sort of woman. And I was like, okay, so like the TV is like his wingman. I don't really understand, um, but maybe it's some sort of statement about I don't know the 1950s. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll leave us all to ponder that uh, message as we slowly rise from what the What does the twonky mean? I'm already on shore. Um, Wait, what? I'm in the van. I've got the heater on, uh, drying off. I just mm-hmm. shook the dog. I, and now I'm right I down. just got down here in the diving bell. <laughs> Keith's at the bottom of the down near the depths of hell. Yep. Sorry, Keith. How does this thing get back up? I will mm-hmm. leave a trail of uh, Keithy snacks to get you back to the... <laughs> From the wow. duck to the... That, that's a good variety of things, so... Yeah, well, they, these are just dog snacks that I wrote, screenshot oh. dog and wrote Keithy on it. Uh, Perfect. Well, Perfect. Yeah. Works. You don't have to eat them, just follow the trail. I didn't say you had to eat them at all. No. That's true. no. Mm. You just assumed yeah. you wanted to eat them. Maybe, maybe a taste. It's a three-mile swim back, Derek. I might need some substance. substance. You're swimming? I think you're in a rowboat. <laughs> It's sunk, okay? <laughs> you sunk the rowboat, Keith. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Well, no. while you slowly rise to the surface and, <laughs> and let the current take you to shore, let's talk mm-hmm. about Season 1, Episode 19, Eddie's Nickname. Excellent. This oh. son bitch came out <laughs> on January yeah. 27th, 1965. Uh-huh. Uh, IMDb gives it a 7.4 out of 10. I can't tell if that's lofty or not. It teeters on it. Hmm. Uh, Eddie, this is what this is what Amazon has to say because it doesn't give too much away about this plot. Eddie refuses to return to school because the students call him Shorty. <laughs> yep, that, that's pretty good. Yes, that's all we need to know. Yeah. This bad boy opens up with Herman reading the paper. Lily comes in talking. Where's Eddie? Is Eddie home yet? Have you seen Eddie? Herman does not move. He is looking at the paper, pays her no mind, does not care. Yeah, She's like, can... Herman. He's like, no, no, I haven't seen Eddie at all. <laughs> Herman I just doesn't care. Like He is just he... like really yeah. into the paper. He could not care less about this. Yeah. No. He's not interested at all in what Lily has to say or wants him to do. And the reason Lily wants to talk to Eddie is to find out what he wants for dessert for dinner. What? <laughs> So, Herman, just let me know when he gets it. Huh? What? Yes, dear. Whatever. Yeah, they don't establish that it's not his birthday. It's not any Nothing. special holiday or anything. She just, it's up to him. I guess it's his night to pick dessert. Yeah. Where's Eddie? He needs to pick out dessert. And, and so, whatever. 
so then Eddie comes in and he's feral. He has gone <laughs> mad and he's insane. He's screaming and throwing a fit. I'll never go back. Never, 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 never. Herman doesn't look up. Eddie's smashing stuff, <laughs> throwing things, pounding on the couch, mm-hmm. throws a log into the fireplace. He's just like, this sucks. <laughs> never, 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 never. And then he says, I won't go back even if I die. And then he's throwing stuff up and through with school, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then he goes upstairs and I would go back even if I died a hundred million thousand times. And he runs upstairs. Then Herman looks down at the paper. Lily, oh, Lily, I think Eddie's home from school. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the banger. So Eddie, so Ed, Eddie, very upset. Herman, yep. very disinterested. Yep, yep. He, he doesn't want to get into it. Yeah, we're gonna yep. find. Out. He's got good. Well, he's got good reason. We'll find out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. And then we get the banger. <laughs> and then we come back from the banger. Man, every time I hear that banger, though, now I'm gonna think of Eddie, whatever happened, Eddie. Eddie. I'm trying to expunge it from my brain. As you speak. <laughs> I'm probably gonna drink myself into a stupor at night, and then hopefully forget it ever existed until I edit this episode, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll come rushing into back. A stupor again. Yeah. <laughs> so we come back from the banger. Lily is yelling at Herman for not finding out what was wrong with Eddie, like. Lily is very aggressive in this episode. I don't know if anybody noticed this. Mm-hmm. But she's very aggressive, very yelly, very condescending. It's a baby. Well, yeah. she's... well, I mean, just in general. And the grandpa is like, I like a some for pranks. And then some bullshit about inkwells and <laughs> ponytails and, and then putting the girls yeah. in the inkwells. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't know what that implies. Did he have like a giant and inkwell? Did I he don't shrink know, them? but Herman gave him the same look that I gave him. shut the hell up man that is something i really like about this episode is that they really do grandpa like the way i kind of would react to him as well after a certain point yeah (laughs) so then we get the part where we came in at where liz like he's she's angry and like why didn't Mm -hmm. he find out it's like well a little orphan (laughs) annie father son talk uh keith who's robert young uh, he is uh, the guy in Father Knows Best. There you go. Robert Young from Father Knows Best. He leans on a mantle. Here's some talk. Uh, then Herman, of course, leans on the mantle and it breaks. Billy keeps yelling at Herman. Like, yep. just just keeps going. So Herman's <laughs> up at Eddie's door, knocking. No answer. Herman gets on the floor, looks through the little doggy door. <laughs> I still don't know why he's got that doggy door. <laughs> I don't think but he'd he fit. Listening. Yeah. He's like, it's your father, Herman Munster. Eddie finally opens the door, and then we see inside Eddie's room. I think this is the first time, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is the first look we've ever had of his like bedroom. It is dilapidated. Why does Herman have to explain who he is? I don't know. <laughs> I just Eddie. The voice is very clear. Yeah. Like it. How many people have that? You know, that big booming voice in that house. Yeah. That you would think it was anything else, and also anything else Herman touches, like just falls apart so why why not just knock on the door once or twice probably would have fell open he's respecting his son's privacy oh yeah i guess yeah but you are right this is i found it very interesting to get a a good look at uh eddie's room it is filthy it is so covered in dust of cobwebs it's like the worst room in the cage in it Mm -hmm. what was that yeah Oh, it's like the worst room in the house, I it think. Is. Like it is. It looks like it doesn't have like any like rhyme or reason. There's like things just laying around. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like a dungeon. Carmi wondered if he went up and smashed stuff up when he was still like pissed when oh, he got back. Oh, that could no, be. I get he respects um, his own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got he's got the coffin and a cage. He's got a cage. There's like some heads on sticks in the closet. I don't know what they were. It was it, it but it, it was an absolute disaster of a space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. plaster was crumbling off the walls. It looked terrible. It was the worst room in the entire house. And maybe in that sense, the best room in the house. Oh, that's true. And Munster's Vision, that's maybe yeah. the best room. Mm-hmm. Could be. Maybe it let in the most moonlight, blocked the most sunlight. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Eddie actually is rightfully kind of pissed that Herman didn't look up from the paper earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Herman's like, well, I got so much in my mind with work. I need to read the the pro- read the stories from around the world to mm-hmm. come up with solutions. And then Eddie says, boy, that little orphan Annie must be in a real jam. <laughs> I love Herman, that line. To which Herman goes, oh, she is. But I think that Daddy Warbucks, like he's starting to go off. And he's like, wait a minute. Hold on. You're not going to get me in this trick. <laughs> he's obsessed. I, I got to say, I did I did love that, though, when like he's running down like all the things he's dealing with. And then Eddie's like, oh, it's a little yep. orphan Annie again. Yep. Yep. Ed, Eddie seems to know what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway. Herman wants to know what's going on. What's wrong? And he's like, I don't want to say what's wrong. But Herman wants to know and trust dear old dad. So then Eddie lets us know that he came up with the, the kids came up with a nickname for him. One that is so awful he can't repeat it, even to his uh-huh. father. What could anyone think of to call Eddie? He's totally normal. That's, that's what Herman's like. He goes, <laughs> what could they even come up with a name for you? It's got pointy ears and wolfish features. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before they actually reveal his nickname, you know, because the episode's titled Eddie's Nickname, like, what did you guys think it was going to be? Uh, I read the IMDb synopsis before, and it's, and it's like a paragraph, and it says what it is. Oh, okay. I was but, thinking, like, you know, I would have, I guess I would have thought Wolfie or. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That makes that, sense. Wolfie. Like pointy or like hairball or something yeah. like that. Hairball. Yeah. Uh, Monster, <laughs> yeah, the monster, always... monster. But then also, if you think about it, like any of the kids on this show mm-hmm. so far, like that, like either at the school or something like that, or uh, was it Elmer who comes over and hangs out with them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kid, kids don't seem to be bothered by the monsters themselves. Nope, no, they seem to like it. So, yeah, so like, yeah, I mean, he they get they're like, you know, they get annoyed with them for whatever. You know, he thinks blowing stuff up with his grandpa's fun, but. At school, I guess. It, so then, yeah, Shorty seems like such a plain nickname. We haven't gotten to it yet, Keith. Don't oh, I'm spoil. sorry. So his nickname oh. seems very plain to us once you reveal it here, Derek. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like kids so far really don't—they're not picking on him for anything that you would think may stick out of yeah. that. Like so, fancy pants—that might be something. He wears like a suit. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. But it is a time. Uh, uh, in American society, where everyone kind of wore like fancy pants, fancy pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Herman's like, "You got to tell me I'm your dad," and Eddie finally tells him. They called me <sighs> Shorty. <laughs> it's because he's the shortest boy in his class. Yeah. It's like they don't have. There's no good reason besides I'm the shortest in my class. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yep, okay. Then <laughs> Herman reason. tells him the, the, tried and true, uh, advice. Well, sticks and stones may break your bones. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But names will never hurt me. 
And Eddie says he wishes he could be tall like his hero. <laughs> Herman's like, well, Herman's are suck. <laughs> Your hero is probably some asshole, not worth yeah, looking up to at all. Basically. Why would you? They're very, they're very vain. Yeah, they're just, just pieces of shit anyway. Yes. And then Eddie's like, well, I learned it by watching you. Uh, you were the hero, Dad. I'm talking about it was you all along. <laughs> and Herman's like, well, there are exceptions to everyone. <laughs> and then he turns and he poses in the mirror, gives it like a very suave look mm-hmm. and then guess what the mirror breaks he's very proud of himself oh and then, god yeah yep. and then the mirror not so proud urban laughs eddie laughs they all just laugh <laughs> i didn't like it that was a nice they, little father they laugh bonding. a lot for yes. whatever just happened there well i'm gonna guess that judging by the rest of this episode they probably had an extra 15 seconds they need to fill for the for the network <laughs> so Let they're like laugh. well let's just laugh okay yeah. Now, one other thing is, so I, I get Eddie's, I mean, he is very, very small in this. But, like, when he comes to answer the door, when, when Herman calls him out and he's like, I'm your dad, come answer the door. Like, Herman's down on his knees and Eddie is not even, like, Eddie's barely to his shoulder. Yeah. It's and it almost, it almost looked like not real a little bit because I, I, I didn't think he was that small. Maybe Herman's like, overall. Yeah, or they made it so Herman looked even extra big this time around uh, than usual. But <laughs> I, I, there's some Hobbit technology, oh, the force, force perspective, perspective stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I, I I understand he's he's the kid, so he's supposed to be small, but he just looked, especially when Herman was on his knees. Eddie looked incredibly small because he was still smaller than than Herman was. Yeah, he was. So I mean, the nickname seems to be very fair, honestly. Well, yeah, I, I don't. Fair is in the eye of the beholder, and Eddie doesn't think it's fair. So then we're at dinner. Eddie won't eat at all. And then Willie goes, please, darling, eat. And Grandpa's, I'm eating, I'm eating. <laughs> and, but then Lil's like, you stupid son of a bitch, I meant Eddie. Like, he's like, <laughs> like she's just mad at everybody. Mm-hmm. So Lily's like, I know you had a talk, Herman. But fuck that shit. We need to go to the teacher, the principal, the school board, the principal, the school board. I already said those. The president, <laughs> the king of the earth, whatever we have mm-hmm. to do. Grandpa wants to solve it with a plain old-fashioned spelling bee. I'm like, okay. Oh, why? I have, this confused me very much. So Marilyn goes, what's a plain old? I like. I know what a spelling bee is, but what's a plain old spelling bee? Grandpa says, well, we're going to invite all the kids over that are calling Eddie Shorty to a free party. They have a free party. And when they're here, I cast a spell and turn them into kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> makes makes perfect sense, right? Yes. Perfect Old-fashioned sense. spelling bee. No Old bee related. Fashions. No spelling related. It's yeah. like kangaroo related. Eddie okay. on board with this. He's like, <laughs> yes. that sounds good. <laughs> William Herman, not so cool with it. Herman says Eddie doesn't need Grandpa's old broken down magic. Oh, that's a stinger. Yeah. Then Herman says the problem is psychological, and Eddie needs to go in and keep (laughs) his chin up. Eddie says he'll try, and he does this like keeping his chin up. He like sits up in his chair and chin up in the air, and then we get like a cut with to Eddie with his chin up, and Grandpa's teaching him how to box in the basement. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, all right, and then. Grandpa's like, well, don't tell your dad. He's so opposed to violence, he killed me if he found out. <laughs> so Grandpa's yeah. teaching Eddie how to sucker punch kids. Yes. Say, hey, look, is that a teacher? And when they turn, just punch him. And then he's like, well, isn't that dirty? 
only if you use it against girls. Huh. All right. They're like, let's try it out. And he's like, no, there's a teacher coming. And, he, <laughs> and then Eddie clocks him right in the gut. Grandpa, yep. oof. And they do it again, and he goes, look, my dad, my father's coming. <laughs> Grandpa's like, that's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say teacher. But it was Herman. He's coming down the stairs. And he yells. Uh, well, no, he comes down, and he tells him to take off the boxing gloves. And there's this weird Grandpa's like, boxing gloves? Who are these boxing gloves? I didn't know these were boxing gloves. And he's like, yeah, I didn't realize they were boxing gloves either. Burn, burn, burn. I got to say, it, there's a great scene of them you know, doing the classic like boxing, hopping around in circles. Mm-hmm. They do that for a long yeah. time, and I they gotta did. say, it was cracking me up. They just look so goofy. I've never seen a Count Dracula and a little wolf boy like sizing each other up before, but yeah. I've never seen a giant penguin and a wolf boy. Yeah, yeah. Wolf boy. So Herbin yells at Grandpa about teaching his own grandson brutality. He goes, "Brutality? I haven't even gotten to the brutality yet." <laughs> Herman's like, yeah. "I said no means no when it comes to violence." And then he smashes a poorly assembled table full of beakers and shit. He's just like, no! And he smashes this thing that really looks like it was like just scrap wood, like with a nail keeping it together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, did not Flimsies. have a place down here. It's the person who lost that uh, the contest for the best set piece. <laughs> that was Herman <laughs> gets to destroy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prop department. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you you won with the giant dog can- dog food can. Now you get to make something Herman yeah. destroys. <laughs> or the, yeah, the uh, loser is like, oh, I just built this table. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so he smashes this crappy looking table with beakers on it. And then Herman goes upstairs. That's it. I'm out of here. Peace. Grandpa's like, you know what, Eddie? I love him, but sometimes I like to bite him right in the throat. <laughs> Which is like, wow. <laughs> so now Eddie has possibly the line of the episode right here. Eddie has the three best moments in this entire episode. Oh, mm-hmm. Here's the line. I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, oh, you're tired? Yeah, I need to get rest so I can spend all day crying. Yes. So I have the energy to cry all day when yes. they call me yeah. shorty. I'm like, was, holy shit, Eddie. <laughs> I was dying when I heard that line. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Got to get rested up so I can cry all day. It's exhausting. <laughs> uh, and then Grandpa's like, no, 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 no. I got an idea. Hold on. Can't have that. I'm going to make a magic potion that will make you grow six, maybe seven inches overnight. And then he's like, will it work? I was like, I gave it to a pirate friend that was only five foot tall. And you ever heard of Long John Silver? (sighs) (laughs) So, so Grandpa, who previously all formulas had papers and in books, just starts grabbing shit and throws it in a blender, (laughs) mixes it up, calls it a magic milkshake. Uh, gives it to Eddie and he drinks it and goes upstairs to bed. Yep, I would never drink Grandpa's magic milkshake. No. That's suspicious. <laughs> now the best part, sound good the best moment of the entire episode occurs now because Eddie wakes up the next morning, <laughs> very excited, back to the camera, races to the mirror, looks into the mirror, turns around, looks directly into the camera, and he has a full beard. <laughs> it's that a very most, luxurious beard. Yes, the yeah. most Big, epic beard of all. And he stares right into the camera. Yes. And I genuinely laughed. I, <laughs> I guffawed at this because it was so it's, ridiculous. It's almost a mane, almost. Mm-hmm. That's like how like perfectly it's it's it goes around his face and everything. It looked great. I thought, yeah, yeah. I loved it because he was like, uh, he needs to grow six inches. He <laughs> takes his potion, and the result 
is a beard. It's not even close. <laughs> yes. Oh, it looks like maybe about six inches of growth on the beard. Maybe, maybe six inches worth of beard. Yeah. It's so wild. Now, now as a guy who, like, a couple years back, just I, I let my beard grow out for, like, three months, it never looked that nice. No. <laughs> Eddie grow, Eddie grows a very nice manicured beard. Yeah, I mean it it's perfect. I, the, nobody's gonna make fun of him at school now. I mean that he looks like just too badass. He yeah. does, yeah. He's be rolling up yeah, on like a hog motorcycle, you know, big old <laughs> yep. wearing leather jacket, big old beard. He looks epic. Yeah, now like the kids quit making fun because their mom's hit on him because they think he's older now. I mean, geez. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's aged. Maybe he's aged six yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, Eddie's pulling milfs. He's got to be. <laughs> well, he's DTF. We know that. Well, yeah, but he's only ten, right? So he's he's shaking him off, beating him off with a stick. It's like, ladies, ladies, please. Still got hair on my face. Doesn't mean I have hair down there. Okay. I don't know why he would say that's disgusting. So, <laughs> we cut to Eddie on the couch, looking very upset. He's just mm-hmm. sitting there. Staring straight ahead. <laughs> Today is a school day and the child belongs in school, says Herman. Oh, he says, with a beard. <laughs> and then Marilyn's like, you can't expect him to go to school when he looks so differently from all the other kids. Which got a laugh. Mm-hmm. Herman sits down to console Eddie. Come upstairs and I'll give you a quick shave. <laughs> <laughs> and Grandpa off camera goes, it won't, it won't help. And then Herman... What was that? I thought I heard a noise. Yes. <laughs> I gotta say, oh, go ahead. That, that's a brilliant cut. Like, because we're like, oh, there's Lily, there's Herman, there's Eddie, and they're like, you know, consoling him, and then we just hear Grandpa, and it cuts to like so far back in the corner. Yeah, he's sitting in his chair, himself. his electric chair, reading yes. the paper. Yes. Won't work. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> just chiming in. Nobody wants to hear his advice, but but yes. Herman's Herman's not down with this fuck shit anymore. He's done. It's like, I heard a noise. I don't know what it was. Let's keep going. Grandpa's like, oh, it's me. I heard it again. <laughs> Lily gets up wondering why the shave won't help. It's like, why won't it work? And Grandpa's like, it grows too fast to help. Five o'clock shadow at 9 a.m. Herman blames Grandpa. And then Grandpa's just excited that Herman's talked to him. Oh, my daughter's husband spoke to me. <laughs> then Lily yells at them both. Get over it, you pieces of shit, and bury the shovel. <laughs> yeah, that, I love that part. And bury the shovel. Yeah. Grandpa's like, I said I'm sorry, didn't I? Grandpa comes off with a very, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? On uh, Who did, who did uh, in the Big Lebowski? Uh, oh, John Goodman's guy? John Goodman's character. What was his name? Uh, oh, damn it. What was? I can't think of it either. It's like, calmer than you, aren't I? Calmer than you? You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. So this is like that. Oh God, Walter. Walter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yes, you're right, Walter. But you're just an asshole. That's kind of what it comes down to. Then Marilyn's like, "Well, sometimes saying you're sorry isn't enough." And they're like, "Yeah." Like Grandpa blames the inferior ingredients, and then <laughs> Herman is like, "See, there he goes blaming his ingredients." You know. <laughs> like, and then this weird he's. He frog, she frog. Yes, he goes. Grandpa's... It must have been the he frog. The recipe called for the powdered shin bone of a he frog. They Just don't rambling. make them like they used to. I'm like he frog. Yeah, you know, there's she frogs and he frogs and we frogs and whatever. 
I gotta say that him his explanation going on with the he he frogs and she frogs seemed to go on way too long. <laughs> I, I think like, that's like the everyone intent. else kept everyone else, but everyone else was like, like I, it almost seemed like they were ready to like walk off and move to the next scene, and he's still talking. Mm. They I were think, annoyed, I think, yeah. I think that was the point because mm-hmm. he's like, this recipe's from the 15th century and all those frogs from the century. And he's like, he's just like talking and talking. Yeah. And then Herman rolls his eyes, yep. which is what I was doing. That was hilarious, yep. And then Lily interrupts her by, by yelling at Eddie not to scratch his beard. Like it's poison <laughs> ivy or something. Don't scratch it, it'll spread. Um, <laughs> but there's bacon in it. It itches, I think. There's mm. a hunk of bacon in there for breakfast. And then, to, which made Herman interested. Like, oh, there's bacon in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, this may be too inside baseball, but if any of the listeners out there have heard the pop-up film cast episode, Keith might also uh, relate to this with some chicken wings. Uh, he, he shared a very crazy oh, story on that podcast. I, oh, I can't even believe he shared yep. it. But Yes. Oh. It, it was one of those that you're like, boy, you're better off not showing that story. <laughs> um, I forgot that episode already came out. Great, thanks. <laughs> And then Lily's like, well, mommy will run the vacuum through it later, which doesn't make sense because their vacuum blows shit out instead of suck shit in. Yep. Mega Maid has gone from suck to blow. Uh, <laughs> Lily wants Herman to take Eddie down to the family doctor. And as soon as that happened, mm. I was like, oh, here we go. He's back. Go see Dr. Dudley because this is a very serious problem. Herman wants Lily to take him. Because Herman would be embarrassed to walk down the street with a bearded boy. I can't believe you said that. I know. People will stare and laugh at me if they see me with a 10-year-old with a beard. Oh, right in front of Eddie. Yes. <laughs> but people aren't going to notice Eddie at all. Yeah. Then... Even with the beard, they will notice a giant green man with red eyes. Yeah. And yep. hairy palms. Yeah. Hairy and... palms. <laughs> <laughs> so Lily yells at Herman again. Just call the parlor, ask the morning <laughs> off, and take the boy to the doctor. Just screaming at him. Mm-hmm. Now Grandpa has a clever way to disguise Eddie, so Herman won't be embarrassed. Like, okay, <laughs> oh, so stupid. So Marilyn says no magic, and Herman says, "Yeah, no magic. I don't want to hop across town with a bearded kangaroo," which <laughs> made me chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> Grandpa's like, "Mellow out, dude." Uh, he takes. He's, he's like, "Come on, Eddie, let's go to the basement." And uh, Grandpa tells Eddie, "You look like Mitch Miller." And Eddie starts bawling. And Mitch Miller is an American conductor, producer, composer. With if you see a picture of him, he's got a big, full beard and mustache. Yep, just like Eddie. Mm-hmm. So Grandpa's going to fix up Eddie. And now we cut to Doctor Dudley's office. Oh yeah. I was kind of dreading this, to be honest. I was too. I was. I too. was not. I'm My like, favorite oh, character. God. And I looked, and there's like only ten minutes left in the episode. I'm like nine of it's gonna be. I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. The Dudley routine. He's oh, yeah. the last two times he's been on, he is really milking it. He's doing the whole routine. Yeah. Falling off his bed, or yeah, he can't see without his glasses. Oh man. So the, the doctor's sitting at his desk, and the nurse is in front of the desk, and Dr. Dr. Lee takes off his glasses. Is like, yeah, I'm like, here we go. Glasses are going to break or something. He's like, I need the next patient. Nurse, the nurse goes, are you emotionally prepared for Herman Munster? <laughs> <laughs> and Dudley remembers. Dudley recounts the last time. It's very accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time, he, got, he double-crossed me during an order for an autopsy. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so... So Dr. Dudley has has 
psychically broken because of her monster several mm-hmm. times. The nurse says it's her monster and son. And then <laughs> Dudley says he had the guts to become a father, which is really <laughs> a weird statement. <laughs> the guts. Not the audacity or something like that, but the guts to do it. And then he goes, do they look alike? Well, he's much shorter. I mean in the face. <laughs> so Dr. Dudley gets up, and now the second funniest moment of this entire episode happens. He shifts his diploma to the side. There's a peephole in the wall. Yes. And Creepy. He looks, he looks out into the waiting room, and there's Herman sitting next to Eddie. And I'm like, here's the disguise. And it's just a paper bag over Eddie's head. Which was, this made me laugh almost as heartily as the beard. That was amazing. Yeah, it that was, was really good. I was but like, then on top you? of that, Herman also tries to, like, he tries to hand him a magazine. <laughs> yep. These, there were a few solid just mm-hmm. solid jokes in this episode. Yes, yes. And that was one of them. I was like, boy, I, I, I'm laughing at this. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I also thought it was just very creepy that he has a peephole by. Yes, that is monster. weird, too. So Dudley says, oh, God, Mr. Munster's face is bad enough. Imagine how awful his son's face is to cover it with a bag. Yeah. So Dr. Dudley says to send them in. But have Nurse Ratchet or whatever be ready for with an anesthetic. For the patient? No, for me. <laughs> then Dudley goes, races around his desk, and eats a handful of tranquilizers. Yeah. Oh, like, God, yeah. I'm like, a okay, lot. here's where the chaos ensues. Because he's going to die. Um, <laughs> he's OD. In the yes. <laughs> He'd rather die than treat Herman Muster and his son again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Herman and Eddie, they walk in. And then Dudley and Herman shake hands and i'm like here it is there's the fuzzy hands no nope no fuzzy hands i by the way i would have liked him to be like oh i see like i mean he doesn't have glasses on but i would have liked him to comment that like uh thank you for not bringing your dog with or something like some some other little callback for that would have been nice because that's been a big thing for him yeah yep didn't happen yeah um I thought it was, yeah, I was kind of hoping it was like a, it kind of feels like there's been like adventures between the two in between like episodes that we didn't <laughs> ever got to see. Yeah. Like there's more history. Cause now he's like, I don't think he's ever actually like accepted like Herman's face before. Like, yeah. and now it feels like he has, and he's like used to it, but he still, you know, has to take like five tranquilizers to get ready. Yes. It feels like there's a history, a deeper history there than we ever got to glimpse, glimpse in like the show. He's got to eat. He's really upset. He was. He was really upset. He was duped by him with the uh, autopsy. Yeah, he probably gets paid per autopsy uh, request. I, I mean, he was filling out the paperwork for an autopsy. He probably gets fifty bucks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Doctor Dully is like, "Well, who have we here? What's your name?" And then Herman goes, "Edward Wolfgang Munster," and then. Inexplicably, inexplicably, uh, for some damn reason, <laughs> Dr. Dudley goes, what? I didn't hear you. Like, why Why would you even write in those two extra lines? Unless, of course, they had to fill in an extra five seconds. He goes, Edward Wolfgang Munster. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, please be seated. <laughs> like, yeah. I even wrote here, wasting so much time. Why are they wasting so much time? <laughs> So then it's like, oh, thank you, doctor. And they go and sit down. 
And Dr. Dudley puts on his glasses and starts to lift the bag, and he sees a little bit of beard, and he pulls the bag back down. <laughs> How old is he? He's 10. So Dudley gets up and goes for more tranquilizers. <laughs> yeah, they could have done that instead of asking the name again. Yes. And then we have this clip. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Has he had it since birth? <laughs> the head? Oh, oh, yes, that's the original. The beard. Oh, uh, only since this morning. His grandfather gave him a frog leg cocktail yesterday to make him grow. But it just grew a beard. <laughs> Excuse me, just a minute. <laughs> so then Dr. Dudley gets up to get a rubber glove. He returns. And I'm only keeping this plain because he, his explanation is remarkable. Puts his glasses on, touches the beard, examines the beard. Taste the gloves off. You want a snap diagnosis? Will a snap cure go with it? Yes. <laughs> Edward Wolfgang's beard is the result of a certain metabolic imbalance. Induced by what appear to be metaphysical or esoteric stimuli <laughs> unknown to present-day medicine. I see. And the cure? Lay in a big supply of paper bags. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He seems, like, mad about this. to get the diagnosis. So he pulls up that paper bag examines the beard and says hell if i know yeah <laughs> yep i loved his like explanation that was perfect yeah it was just a bunch of words put together esoteric mm-hmm. like <laughs> hmm, okay um i will say when i saw that when when i was watching this and that clip came up i was like oh i hope this i hope this is derek's audio <laughs> clip uh yeah. in the episode somewhere there it is yeah. was, and the cure this, is a big supply of paper bags <laughs> <laughs> he, he, seems, do nothing. he seems fed up too like he's like i've had enough of these weird things with these monsters yes. constantly he's like this is the last straw for him <laughs> yeah he's folded arms bouncing his head around that here is paper bangs <laughs> he's, he's not having it cut back to monsters at dinner and lily yelling at eddie don't get your beard in your soup. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then mm. we have to recount. There's so much recapping in these episodes. Like, they talk about the stuff that ju- we just fucking saw. Uh, Marilyn, didn't Dr. Dudley say anything constructive? No. And then, but then he's like, get used to your new nickname, Fuzzy. And Eddie's like, that's worse than Shorty. <laughs> and then uh, there's by the, way, real- by the way, the getting getting the beard, like, and getting yelled at so it doesn't get caught up in, in the soup. Uh, that actually reminded me of the pop-up film cast of so the issues I was having more than uh, just the bacon caught in. Mm, in. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's got uh, half of a rotisserie chicken in his beard at any given moment. Mm. So, very passive-aggressive, you know, thank you very much, Grandpa, sort of shit going on I love it. <laughs> Grandpa... It's like, what? I'm going to make Eddie my partner. We're going into business. We're going to mass produce this potion and sell it for three bucks a bottle as a cure for baldness. 
Then Lloyd like, tells Eddie, sit up straight. Yelled at Eddie again. <laughs> I'd buy that potion, by the way. That does. Uh, I could definitely use a nice beard grow. Beard grow. Yeah. That'd be good. So Grandpa says he'll split it 60-40. <laughs> and Herman's like, 60-40? It's like, and then Grandpa's incredulous. He's like, what, you want me to split 50-50 with a 10-year-old kid? <laughs> Which was kind of funny. I like that. Yeah. Then Lily yells at Eddie again, be careful. And then Eddie beard, Eddie's beard got in the soup and it melted off in the soup. Which is that gross. was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like a perfect cut. Like it got laser cut or something. Mm-hmm. Then, then Marilyn lets us all know what happened. The soup has disintegrated Eddie's beard. I'm like, thank you, Marilyn, for that. Wasn't <laughs> sure what was going on. Then Lily comes over throws her cloth napkin into the soup and then wipes off Eddie's beard in full. And then Marilyn goes, it's gone. <laughs> like, thanks, Marilyn. <laughs> and then Lily says, thank goodness, I want to want to go through life with a son who looks like General Grant. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, everybody's really digging into Eddie's yeah, beard. Yeah, everyone is so fucking mean in this episode. I mean, it's bad enough he's getting picked on by the kids at school. Now he's getting yelled yeah, at. Yeah, the family's oh, just man. leading into him. Don't call right him fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Grandpa, now he's pissed as bald as cure's ruined because he's going to be rich. Rich, I tell you. Eddie asks if it's really gone, and then all he has to do is touch his face, but instead he gets up to look in the mirror. Mm. Now... I don't know what's going on with this mirror angle because you don't see Eddie in the mirror. It looks pretty straight on, which was the thing that I thought was weird. Yes. But you see Herman in the mirror and Herman's sitting off this side. And you and, see uh, Lily. If Lily's actually a vampire, she probably shouldn't show up yes, in the mirror. But Eddie's not in the mirror. Um, Lily wonders what this says about her cooking. It's just like, oh, yeah, what does this say about how does this reflect upon my cooking? That it melts beards off, I guess. Herman wants to know if Eddie has learned a lesson. Eddie's like, I think so. I'll never tell mom I don't like her homemade soup again. <laughs> yucka, Lily yucka, likes yucka, that. Yucka. Yeah, Lily likes it. Smashing. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Herman's like, no, you dipshit. I want you to learn a lesson. It doesn't matter what you look like. Tall, short, fat, thin, ugly, handsome, like your father, black, yellow, or white. It doesn't matter. What matters is your heart and the strength of character. You're it's like, a nice oh. message, but not sure that the episode really reflected this. No, in, it does in not. No, did, no, no, because they put a paper bag over. They his put head. a paper bag they... over his head and mocked yes. him the entire time. Yes. Yeah. So Lily is like, now that you solved one of life's problems of growing up, let's get on with our meal. And then for some reason, they all stand up, grab their bowls, and leave, except for Grandpa and Herman. So Eddie gets up, Marilyn gets up, Lily gets up. They grab their their bowls and their silverware and they grab Herman's and grandpa's bowls and they mm-hmm. get out of the room. So I guess that's really what, weird. Are they know. like getting the second course or something? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they eat. That's where they eat like the soup and then they eat the entree in another meal. Who knows? Or in another room. I do not know. So everyone, but grandpa and Herman get up and they leave. And then grandpa tells Herman, you're all right. Not perfect. But all right. <laughs> Very condescending from the man yep. who is the source of all of this episode's problems. Yep. Yep. But yeah, uh, I liked it, but yeah, I thought that was funny. Yes. <laughs> was like, oh, you're kind of. Then we let, you know, Grandpa, he's got some things to say, you know. He's got yeah. some more stuff to talk about. For sure. So then we come back. 
Herman is coming from home from work. Now this is last last segment, so any moment we can cut the credits, particularly on a, there's a extra special funny joke. Oh yes, I'm excited for this. Lily and Grandpa are waiting for Herman when they come in. Eddie is up in his room crying. My like, Jesus Christ! He was playing baseball with the neighborhood kids, but struck out with two outs and the bases loaded. Herman says, "Let's go talk to him." Grandpa says. Well, I got a solution. If I get a bat, a baseball bat, once used by Stan, the man, mutual, I can take it to the lab. And Herman and Lily are, Herman sings Lily, they'll just start walking away. Grandpa's just talking. Get the bat, take it to the lab. Wood and blah, blah. Herman walks by and acts as if he's going to hit Grandpa in the head with a briefcase. And he stops himself. Yep. And then he just walks off, and Grandpa's still talking. And then credits. He's got so much to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, did they have to show? Okay. So did they just want to be able to explain that? Like, so even though they called him shorty, I mean, and he's obviously still being involved with stuff at school. And then he struck out, you know, for the game. So that's why he's upset now. I don't understand why you like grandpa finishes that little line of you're all right. You're not perfect, but you're all right. And they fade out and then come back for this thing. That means nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. like they, think- go, they cut to a commercial break. So they actually had a line that wasn't a hundred percent horrible to end on, took a commercial break and came back for something stupid. I, th- I think the point of this episode really is to paint grandpa as an old senile lunatic which is yes. what they did <laughs> like because uh, they rail on him talk about his shitty old magic and, yeah. and all this other stuff it's a very bizarre episode mm-hmm. and we already very know uneven. he he went senile when he turned into a wolf and couldn't remember things that happened obviously he's he's got weird aging things that they keep leaning into yeah you know, you know I, I but yeah i just find it weird that like you cut to a commercial break to come back for like that <laughs> Not even a full minute, and something that doesn't really make any sense, or or is completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's yeah. like a callback to the beginning, I guess. I thought it was funny, yeah. but I agree. Like the last, the before the credits joke would have been a way better one to end on than this one. But I still kind of liked it. It was just, I, I mean, I just like how they treat Grandpa. Like mm-hmm. this is exactly how you should be treating him after like I don't know twenty episodes, being like, "All right, Grandpa, shut up." Like oh. <laughs> nobody's listening to you. <laughs> also, is that like? Is there like a writer's room bet of who can like fuck up the end of the episode the best? Is that like like an ongoing thing here? Like who can come up with a line that's that's lame? Because I was like, oh, I guess Herman trying to hit him with faking like he's him with the briefcase kind of saved it a little bit, but it's still I I'm like when it faded to black, I'm like, oh, that was a nice ending, and then I'm like, wait a minute, they're not done yet, not done, <laughs> <No>. never done, <sighs> no, that's right. just like us. No sleep till seventy episodes. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we kind of got a glimpse into the thought process here, but what were your Zal's thoughts on season one, episode nineteen, Eddie's nickname? It it's not horrible, but I mean, I I think we've had a we've had a decent string of episodes recently that I think we really liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of leaves this one st- sitting more in the me- in the mediocre status. I like we got Eddie centric stuff. We get to see his room. We get that killer beard. 
Um, but then it turns out this is just another Grandpa Invention Goes Bad episode overall. I mean, yeah. And everyone's, yeah, and Derek, you're right. Everyone's really like pissy with each other. Yeah. Everyone's very aggressive. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I actually really like this one. I think this is one of my favorites. Um, it's funny. I mean, I like seeing people like react to grandpa how the audience should be reacting mm-hmm. to grandpa i think that was really good and i mean eddie he always steals the show and i think he does a good job holding his own in this episode like he is really he's a really good member of the family and i wish we would get more of him because every time we do i feel like he does something hilarious yes um um so i was glad to see that as well and i don't know i guess there's something about when the monsters are just so oh, cranky at each other. I really like. I kind of like it when they're always <laughs> yelling at each other. Like when Herman's like, "Hmm, I was ignoring you because I'd rather read the paper." That kind of. I don't know. There's just something about that that I, I kind of like. It. It gives them a little more quirks, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Actually, one of my favorites. The run has still continued for me. I, I'm impressed. And I know you're. You've mentioned like that. You know, this is how people should be treating Grandpa at this point. I've always understood that Grandpa was like the most, I guess, kind of like beloved character of of the monsters. I guess that's what I, I guess I always thought. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like every episode, by the time we're done, we're like, man, Grandpa's an ass. <laughs> yes. Like, why is anybody like this character at all? He's just he's always not just causing the like the the problems that make the show funny, but he's just a jerk overall a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with the grandpa character, just the, with the way he's he's written, because he's like the, it's like a Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina mm. sort of thing, where he's right. he is the solution or the cause of all problems, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, he's not just a vampire; he's also a mad scientist, and he also does magic, and he also is a he can transform into animals, and he can also do this. You know, it's like there's just yeah. so many things that grandpa does. Yeah, it's uh, kryptonite, you know? Yeah, yeah, like what's his weakness? He has none. His weakness is these uh, old coot. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have a family who appreciates him. That's no. his weakness. I have a. I I didn't like this episode, but I didn't hate it either. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has three really strong jokes in it. <laughs> three mm-hmm. really strong visual gag jokes, or two visual gags, and then the. I, I need to get some sleep so I can wake up and cry all day. Uh, <laughs> I need the energy to cry all day, which which was awesome. All right, the rest of it very uneven, very all over the place. Mm. Not a fan, but mm. you know I don't hate it. I think I, I think we've seen worse. Uh, oh yeah, uh, for sure. I want to give props to uh, Paul Lynn. Doctor Dudley's been kind of an annoying character to me, but I feel like this is his best outing. Like he's not too over the top this time. He feels like he's. I don't know. He's not like doing the over ridiculous. Oh, I can't yeah. see. And he does like a whole comedy routine. It feels like he's like an actual character yes. that fits in with the show rather than like some separate entity suddenly appearing and taking over. Yeah. The problem before was he was always dumber than Herman, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, well, Herman's got to be the dumbest one. And in this one, Herman's not dumb. He's just mean <laughs> to his son. Uh, so I, I, I did. I was expecting like uh, in, in the scene when they're in his office, they like, Herman and Eddie would like walk out, and as soon as the door closed, he'd pass out from the handfuls of tranquilizers he was taking. No, sure. Oh like, yeah, I think this is just assumed. Yeah, he never he's probably dead. Him. That's why he never he's comes never back. Never another episode. Yep, yeah, he died. That that should have been the last the comeback where they're reading the newspaper. Oh, Doctor Dully died from uh, tranquilizer overdose. <laughs> that would be so good. Oh, that would be funny. God, that would, oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, something like that would have been, would have been great. 
a little dark, but we're yeah. Like it. All right. So, what would have broken the babysitter? Oh, I actually seen the inside of Eddie's room. <laughs> she, that's true. She, she would never. never she, does, she never went inside. She yeah. just, you know, uh, you know, dropped some milk off or made sure yep. he was okay, not taking a scalding yep. bath. Yeah. Uh, but she'd get in there and be like, you got a this coffin, you got work. a cage, like this is a S and M dungeon. What's going on here? Like the S and M oh dungeon my. of the ten year old Keith, Keith, Keith. Well, I assume they just. I assume, no, I assume like they're multitasking. Like it's it's Eddie's mm-hmm. room, but they use it for other stuff. Oh, I see. Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a giant <laughs> house to fucking that might, that might break me. Wow. Yeah, I'm Mar- Maryland uses it for other stuff. Gross, Keith. <laughs> The whole big house. You don't have to go in the ten-year-olds. Oh boy! Oh, Keith, Keith, Keith. Last episode we talked about necrophilia. This episode, no, I did not. You did too. It's the it's the Keith trademark, guys. The Keith trademark. (laughs) Wait a minute! Did did I really? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, oh you know, man, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. um, that just broke Keith, I think. But oh uh-huh. man, yeah, I uh, yeah, okay, sorry. Go ahead. I, think, I think what would break the babysitter is, um, you know, Grant. When she has a realization when we're, they're sitting down at breakfast. Um, Grandpa's talking about this old-fashioned spelling bee. He talks about, oh yeah, I just sent an invitation for a free party mm-hmm. to invite you all to, and she's like, wait a second. I got an invitation a couple of weeks ago for a party from Grandpa. A spelling bee? <laughs> then he realizes he was going to turn her into a kangaroo. Hmm. <laughs> I, think, I think that was the spread. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, so or, or dip her in ink. Well, one of the oh, yeah, yeah, that could be too. Yeah. It's true. You know, Grandpa's real like, he stuck girls in the ink wells when he was in school. Don't sucker punch girls, but, you know, whatever. And now that, yeah. Turn him into King yeah, yes. I think this other thing is like normally like the stuff that he says like about like oh back in the old days or whatever still kind of makes sense from like a a, a vampire type esque thing. But yeah. turning people into kangaroos and also dipping <laughs> girls in ink wells, like does Yeah. This seems so like off the mark, even for him. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. feel like they even tried with that kangaroo thing. They're just like, eh, what did they turn them into? Kangaroo? They, they turn them into bees. Why did they turn them into bees? Yes, bees. exactly. That's right there. That makes perfect sense. Or <sighs> they're on a tight budget, and Al Lewis fucked up the line. Oh, uh, you think it, it might have been like an improv line? He just made it up on the spot. Yeah, yeah he was improvising. Yeah. Or, I'm trying to think of all the different things you could like put a spell mm-hmm. on bees and have them go sting crazy. Mm-hmm. You can do all sorts of go. stuff. He calls Turn them into the letter B. Spelling B, and the result yeah. is a kangaroo. <sighs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I think what breaks the babysitter is uh, <laughs> when Eddie she realizes Eddie's that that's hoarding bacon in his in his beard. <laughs> like I only got two slices at breakfast. You got bacon in your beard? <laughs> Jesus, I'm starving, Eddie. Come on. Oh, so it's not a piece left over. He actually just shoves some up in there for later. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'll, I'll keep this for when I'm hungry later on. Plus, mm-hmm. it smells good. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Walk around with that in case, bacon in case they stick me, in case they stick me in this cage up here. I got something to eat later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, the bearded boy in his cage with bacon. Ah, <laughs> uh, take that boy. on the road. Yeah. Well, there it was, gentlemen. Another successful. Whew. 
run through season one, episode nineteen. Eddie's nickname, Keith. You've all I could see you on the horizon. You've got a gas lantern. Uh, it's bobbing. You're almost making it here. Well, what do you got to tell the people to look for until next time? Wow, boy! Until next time. Uh, well, we—I uh, I think we're just about ending the summer run of that was great, wasn't it? Uh, we've been, um, myself and also uh, Chris Green. We've been watching Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. I find to be absolutely fantastically uh, over the top cartoon. Enjoying every minute of it. And also the uh, pop-up film cast summer tour is uh, we ran out of gas at some point, I think, uh, or at least money for more gas. So it's probably coming close to an end as well. As um, cash or grass. Nobody rides for free, rides and for free. Yep. we don't have any of those three. So Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so go check those two things out. Pop-up film cast, and that was great, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. All right. What about you, Terry? Oh, I've got another show that I do called Run the Real. We talk about movies within like specific, uh, I don't know, categories. So we're I maybe just finishing up the Kurosawa run that we were starting. But if mm. not, we may have moved into a new category, summer blockbuster movies, just oh, in time for oh. summer. So, nice. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I think we start out with speed. So, Oh, summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Speaking of summer blockbusters, Independence Day has just passed, and Independence Day was on TNT the other day. Oh, and, uh, did you watch it? Uh, a little bit. Um, uh, the kid was like, what's this? Because it came on after Star Wars, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Independence Day. So we started watching it, and she didn't get it. It's full of 90s technology, like shit that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, why don't they just call it? You know, like, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff that... <laughs> doesn't make any sense to him uh, mm-hmm. a kid that's grown up with ipads and wi-fi i just like the idea that uh much like they play the christmas story 24 hours on with tbs or whatever mm-hmm. i kind of wish they would just play independence day for 24 hours every july i don't 4th. know man that's it's kind of a tough watch it really is it wasn't it as good as i was expecting well, when i watched it yeah i was like it's, mm, it's kind yeah. of a tough watch <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway fast for me I've got nothing. Oh. Now, yeah. as we as we do with every episode, we have to end with our trademark. Carlos Spinoza. Carlos Spinoza. The doctor will see you now. Oh, Levine. Helen Levine. Helen Levine. No, no, no. Spinoza. No. Spinoza. Oh, have your wife fill this out and fill this up. <laughs> Uh, so hard to get the paper. Oh Mrs. God, Stocker, you are a fool. Mm-hmm. And you're leaking all over my desk. Oh. And you've been eating asparagus again. You noticed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I said the doctor will see you now. They can't even speak English. No wonder their own welfare. Why don't they stay out What the fuck? Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there's some weird stuff in this week. <laughs> uh, Dr. Vidal? Uh, I'm Carlos Minosa. Won't you have a seat? Oh, shit. <laughs> Nurse Tan, call maintenance. I have sperm all over my desk again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Now, what was that problem? Dear God. 
I have a new reason uh, why the baby stood broke. This is going to sound really crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's going to sound so... But about six weeks ago... Have ears too. What? Okay. Run the regular tests on this. My nose will be back for the results tomorrow at 11. Oh, and the charge the triple. Charge the triple. Oh, man, I can't play this. (laughs) Damn you, Joan Rivers. The Muster Hunters are Derek Glasscock, Keith Gala, and Terry Vickroy. Keith is the host of the Pop Up Filmcast and that was great, wasn't it? Both shows can be found wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For more about Keith's shows, you can follow Pop-Up Filmcast on Twitter at Pop-Up Filmcast. And that was great, wasn't it? At How Great Was That? You can also follow Keith on Twitter at KG3030. Terry is one of the hosts of Run the Real. It's a movie podcast that does deep dives on films with a theme. You can follow Run the Real on Twitter at Run the Real. You can also follow Terry on Twitter at Terry underscore Vicroy. If you would like more musings from me, you can follow on Twitter at Derek the number nine and the word nine. Follow Monster Hunters on Twitter at Monster Hunters and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for more Monster Hunter fun. Monster Hunters is mixed and edited by me, Derek. All original music is composed and mixed by Terry Vicroy and executive producers are me and Keith Gullett. The Monster Hunters is a Crispy Dodo production.